Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growling, Paul Eater Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic, here with you on the walkout on a day where the Cincinnati Bengals at Paycor Stadium beat the Kansas City Chiefs 27-24. to And for the third time in a calendar year, take down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs by three points again. And the score, mighty familiar, 27-24. to Again, and the Bengals are eight and four, and an announcement to the rest of the league. Hey, I don't know if you guys remember. This is why we were in the Super Bowl last year. Is what the Bengals essentially said out there. They find ways to win, and they did it against the best here on Sunday. And uh, they're playing as good as anybody in the league right now. There's no question. Yeah, that's just it. You know, the game here last year clinched the division. The AFC Championship game obviously sends him to the Super Bowl. Nothing came with this win, tangible. And, and Zach said that. We didn't win anything with this game. But I, I, I think something came along with this win, and it's just that. that it's, it's not sending him to the Super Bowl, but it's, it's setting them up as a Super Bowl favorite right now. I mean, you, you beat that team and you handle that offense who had five straight games of 437 yards, one away from the NFL record. They didn't shut them down, but 349 yards, key turnover. This was another really strong performance by the defense and another masterclass by Joe Burrow. It really was. What, what we witnessed today – I mean, there were so many times during this game, Jay, that I turned to you, and we heard it across the press box. People would just say, God, this is a good football game. <laughs> I mean, these are just two great teams mm-hmm. just exchanging haymakers. And the Bengals found a way to come out on top. This is top-tier NFL. Yeah. Okay? I don't know how many teams are in this class. I don't, I don't know how many teams can play at this level in the NFL right now. I know those are two of them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is tier one, real Super Bowl aspirations that could be realized if things go their way. Absolutely. Those two teams, I don't know who else you're throwing in there. Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, whatever. You would have said the Niners, not Garoppolo is out for the year. Either way, the point being, this is the Bengals who have – you know, worked their way through some issues over the course of the year and really just consistently played solid football for such a long time now, have gone through the yeah, but freight portion of the program in the middle part where oh, they only beat this team and that team and they're not that great. Okay, there, there's through Tennessee, through Kansas City, they know who they are. Everyone should know who they are. They have a recipe for winning that they continue to find and they're real, man, like – they're, they're just real the way they're playing right now. And it wasn't a charmed game. 
it, it, yes, that's a that's a very very good Chiefs team. They had to overcome, and they made some mistakes of their own. Tyler Boyd drops a sure touchdown pass. Ted Karras with a brutal holding call on that final go ahead touchdown drive, and they overcame that. They're, they made some mistakes. This was far from a perfect game, and that's when you know a team is really really good when they can overcome mistakes like that. And do it against a team as good as Kansas City. They had the botched uh, situation at the goal line right yep. before halftime. They leave 11 points on the field. I mean, an easy 11. Mm. And still end up beating the Kansas City Chiefs. That's saying something. You know, I talked to a bunch of people afterwards and talk about, you know, that just that was, that was a damn playoff game. Yeah. Is what that was. And it reminded you of why they win games like this. I, there's a couple of reasons. I want to talk about Burrow. I want to talk about sort of the personality of this team that we saw, have really seen for a year and a half now, that showed up in one of these hustle plays just find them. These extra scratch and claw plays just find them over and over again. And I've never seen a game with a greater example of it than this one. I want to talk about that. They have Jamar Chase. That's why they win a lot of games. He was back, appeared quite healthy. Um, and we want to talk a little bit about the picture of, of the AFC, but let's start with Burrow. And specifically, I'm going to start where this game ended. Third and 11. You know, I asked Zach Taylor about this after the game. You, you're sitting, they had a lot of time. There was, I think that it was right, it was at the two minute warning because uh, Burrow had got gone down in that weird play where he could have thrown it away, but he was trying to make sure they didn't like get caught with one second before the two minute warning. So he goes down. They end up in third and 11 instead of a third and short, right? And they have a lot of time to talk about it. You could have gone a lot of different directions. You could have just straight run it mm-hmm. because you want to get make sure you get that all that 40 seconds and kick the field goal and go up six. You can let Burrow try to convert a third and 11. It's a dangerous play, but you know you know what you're doing. You can play it safe, maybe throw something safer underneath to try to get a catch and run. So they went through three different plays and they ended up on that one. And that was let Burrow try to go win the damn game. And the throw he makes with – Chris Jones on his coming on his back, a hit coming right under his chin, and he cocks back and throws it uh, to 14-yard completion, but it was longer than that because he's pretty deep in the pocket, about 20 yards in the tightest, a window that wasn't even a window. It wasn't a window. Keyhole. It, it, it was a keyhole where only T. Higgins could probably go and get it over top of one. In between two more, a guy draped on T. Zach Taylor said afterwards, you know, that I'm not used to that ball being completed there. That is far deeper than that's mm. supposed to be. That's supposed to be a one-on-one slant, and he ends up deep in the deep middle. And Burrow's just so freaking fearless. He just knows it's the throw. He buries it. That is one of I, – I asked – I can't tell you how many people I asked in the locker room about that throw, whether I was just after the walking around or after an interview – and the same reaction was the same every time. Big eyes, like, holy damn, that dude. I think, uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone said, he must have dead bodies in his basement because he's <laughs> cold-blooded. It's funny because I, I talked to, to Jamar and T about that play as well and just the, the mindset of going for it there. And a lot of teams would have run the ball there. Chiefs are out of timeout, try to bleed an extra 40 seconds off so that Patrick's, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have as much time coming back the other way. And they both said they were in the huddle and they were waiting. They were waiting for Joe to get there after he got the call. <laughs> as soon as he came in the huddle, they were both like, runner pass, runner pass. And Burrow said, <laughs> pass. And they're like, 
Yeah, they they love the call. They they had all the confidence in the world they were going to complete it, get the first down. It's exactly what happened. A couple knees after that, and here they are, eight and four. So that I mean that play is a prime. It reminded me of the Denver game last year. So people, you know, that might be one that people gloss over, forget about. They were in a third and I believe it was third and ten, maybe longer than that. But he threw it very similar, took a hit right under his chin and delivered a strike to TV, making a deep slant over the middle that put that game away. It was a a clincher in that game and not opening it back up to possibly lose it. And I remember Brian Callahan telling us at one point this offseason, it was one of his favorite Burrow throws of the entire year, just the clutch nature and just the, the fearlessness that it takes to stand in there, that extra tick, and deliver a strike into such a small window and how hard that is to do. And this was sort of that again. And that's what you get, though. And it's not just that. I mean, you just you get a guy that's playing at a level that I mean, his stat line today, we talk about – 25 of 31 for 286, two touchdowns, no interceptions. It's flawless football, man. Yeah. Like, he had a few that maybe he missed or could have had back or, you know, that you have balls that, you know, Jamar goes up with one hand and nearly comes down with one. T goes up in the end zone and nearly comes down with one back there, but he's out of bounds. And something that they didn't – but there wasn't – Turn, there wasn't turnover-worthy plays. I'd have to go back and check. We'd see what PFF sees, but I, I didn't see any turnover-worthy plays in this one. There was no bad, no bad to see. He just kept making the right decisions, and that's the thing with this player and with the way the Bengals win these close games so often and have now for a year and a half. When you have a quarterback that's constantly making the right decision, whether it's aggressive, whether it's conservative, whether it's checking it down or going for it, or whether it's knowing when to fall, whether it's knowing when to scramble, all of that adds up. And you know what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were talking about after the game today? How they just got to get better at making the plays and the decisions that you got to make in the fourth quarter and feeling that. And... That's a difference. That's a difference maker. And he sets the tone on all of that. And it does filter down through the team. But it's so so much starts with him because he just constantly keeps them in the right play for the right moment. It's a great point about the right decisions because lost and what he did with his arm, 11 carries for 46 yards. And this was not a game where he was under duress and running for his life. A lot of those were knowing when to take off and he had the open field in front of him and he he made some big runs and the 46 yards one shy of his career high he actually went over his career high then the kneel downs at the end put him back under it but just everything he did from the audibles to throwing the ball to running the ball it was it was as close to a flawless performance as you'll see you know, he converts all those third downs. You know, he converts the third down to Boyd right before the Evans play for the go-ahead touchdown. He converts the third down to Pirine where he know he just says I, the play is to check it down. It's not mm-hmm. to try to make some hero throw. Let Pirine try to go will his way to a first down, and he did. Throw it short to Jamar. Jamar makes the the power play to get right to the pylon, and he does it. You know, it's it's and then the, the last throw at the end. It's just. You know, you, you don't have to make the – you have to understand what the best possible chance to get it is, and it's not always you making the grand play. Yeah. Sometimes it's letting the other people do it. I mean, him scrambling and, and constantly throwing that, no, you take it to Samajes. <laughs> we saw that a bunch. You know, Pirine, 21 for 106, five yards per carry, a very nice day for him. He catches six for 49. You know, you have 
out of the backfield, Evans catches the touchdown. You know, the, the t- tight ends were in use. It, it's just, you know, utilizing those guys and understanding how to make it work um, was part of Burrow's day. So at one point, I think MVP conversation was brought up. I, I wrote about this um, in TWIB at the end of the week. Uh, his numbers will be in the conversation with, with the best quarterbacks. That's not mm. the point. The point is, if you're not the number one seed, you're not winning MVP. Go back over the last 10 years, one seed, one seed, one seed. There are all one seeds except for two years it was a two seed. And the last six are all the one seed quarterback have been the MVP because you win games like this on this stage. You know, this and the game against Josh Allen on Monday Night Football will be the kind of games that win you MVPs. Jamar Chase, hell yeah, he's the MVP. <laughs> he's the best quarterback in the league. That's a fact, Jamar Chase said. <laughs> and, you know, and Zach Taylor kind of said it too, and this is kind of to our point, is that he does everything we need to win every game. And that's different from week to week. That's different in certain times. And uh, today it was kind of go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, uh, and he did that and came up, and he's now 3-0. and against Mahomes in a calendar year. And um, that tells you all you need to know about where they're at. They punted once and had no turnovers. Yep. I don't know when the last time a Bengals team did that, but it was, it, it was, it was so impressive to watch. And you, you said it, they left 11 points out there. If you would have told me they were going to go three and three of seven in the red zone, I would have said they lost this game. And that was not the case. They, that's how well they played, that they were leaving points out on the, the field and still beat a really good Chiefs team. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Here's the other aspect of the Bengals, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier in talking about the offense in Burrow and something that stood out to me today. 
this team, the way they play. Now, this is not to say that other teams clearly play hard. They hustle. They create plays like that. It's common in the league. But there is something about this team. They just continually, over and over again, find these hustle plays, find these just little extra will to make it happen plays. Let me just run through a few of them from this game, specifically on defense. Started on the, I think it was the first Chiefs drive, or maybe the second. Uh, DJ Reader. I still don't know how he did this. Chases down Isaiah Pacheco on a jailbreak screen. I mean, he was breaking free into the open field. DJ Reader, from his defensive tackle position, comes all the way across. He probably ran 20 yards and catches Pacheco running into space from behind, reaching out and just barely nabbing him. I was talking to DJ about this after the game, and he was like, I, I had to do it. I had to get him. And, you know, you could hear his teammates screaming in from across, like, just about how incredible that play was. Sam Hubbard kind of jumped in a little bit, too, and was just like, man, like that, what an incredible play. That drive for him, he had a run stuff. He had that play, and then he bats down the third down play where Travis Kelsey was open on mm-hmm. what would have been a conversion to force the field goal. Hustle plays, right? Jermaine Pratt on the turnover. Going with Kelsey. Kelsey's got like two arms around it. Unreal. And Jermaine figures out a way to get in there, rips it out, picks it up himself to create the lone turnover of the game. Very reminiscent of the opener last year against Minnesota when, you know, the 97th defensive play on like a 90-degree day, he reached down and yanked it out to turn a defeat into a win against the Vikings that day. You have Joseph Osai, the biggest play of his young career without question. You know, Mahomes breaks the pocket on third down, finds a way to barely chase him down as he's getting to go out there and just narrowly nab his feet to get him to fall down short. And they opt to kick the field goal instead of go for it after that. And you end up winning the game by that margin. You know, then that's the all the offensive ones that I mentioned. Pirine just diving forward. Chase diving forward. Higgins making that catch. Burrow make, taking the hit to make that throw. The offensive line having to just hit reach blocks, power their way for a few yards, all game. That stuff, it's very defining of this team. It's very defining of their run over the last year and a half. It just seems to happen every week, and there's never been a more glaring example of that being the difference in a game than it seemed to be today. And it, it is who they are, but I, I think if you're looking for a silver lining, that 0-2 start, you, you kind of see, okay, the, the margin for error is really small now, and they, they, it feels like they've been clawing all year. And if you get off to a, a fast start, maybe some of those plays aren't there all the time because there is just the human nature to coast. And it just it feels like this team is again, it's it's it is their makeup. It's not out of character, but it just feels like they this is a team that has to fight and claw for everything they're getting. And that though, these are perfect examples. Those plays that you just mentioned, yeah, and and that's how you win games. In this league, when the talent's equal, mm-hmm. when your two top tier teams just absolutely trading kill shots, that's the difference. And it was. 
I mean, any of those plays mm-hmm. go the other way. And we're talking about a much different story. I mean, and I think Zach Taylor called Osai's play, you know, one of the hustle plays of the year. Because, you know, he, if Mahomes gets out, which he would have if he gets away from that and converts that first down, he's like, I got faith in my defense. But, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. It's the Chiefs. How many times have you seen it? They're going to go in there and probably going to make a play. That's a tough spot. And to make that play, I mean, that's the type of stuff that wins games. It's the way they continue to play and wins games. And it's, and it's part of how they've gotten themselves back into this position. I mean, that that whole that whole scenario set up, the Osai play set up because they were gassed. They were running guys in and out. And if you remember on the first down, Trey Hendrickson chased Mahomes all the way to the sideline and forced him to throw it away. And then he ran after him on the second down. He had to come out because he was so gassed. And then that's when Osai comes in to give him a break. And he, I don't know how many snaps he had tonight. I didn't see him in there a lot. Yeah. And that one shot he got, he made it count. Yeah, he really did. And so the other side is now, so Jamar Chase returns. Um, yeah, he's very healthy. Uh, you know, the leaping one-hander, shout yes. out Sam Green with the great shot of that. Um, and I think that the Jordan logo has been going around on Twitter too. You know, that looked like a dude who does not have a hip problem. No. He's leaping over people on the sidelines. He's sprinting away on uh, 40-yard runs. It was, you know, he's using every bit of his sort of freakish athleticism on a couple of those catch and runs to break tackles, get slung forward, whatever it was. And yeah, he absolutely looked all the way back and and made a a huge difference as you might expect he would, but this was no pitch count, ease him in games. This was needed every play he could make. Yeah. I asked Zach, I said, we all saw what he did when he had the ball in his hands, but what did he, what did he open up for you just by his presence and just by his return? And, and Zach said everything. I mean, one word answer that that says it all. And this is it's an offense that they they performed really well without him. They won three out of four and they were putting up big numbers. And then you bring that guy back healthy and stick him in this mix where everybody's already kind of feeling it and you get what they got tonight. I mean, it was again, I hate to keep going back to it, but it, it Joe Burrow was flawless, but it was not a flawless performance by the offense because because they did leave those points out there and. Uh, Jamar Chase was a huge difference maker. This wasn't the 266 we saw last year where he just totally took over the game. 97 yards, very, very strong return to action, but it wasn't the the dominating, just throw it to Chase and let him carry us. It was just him being a central part of everything else that was going on with this offense. Yeah, I mean, that whole goal line sequence felt like the one we were going to end up talking about, just like we did in Baltimore. You know, it was going to be like, oh, how how those points meet. Team, you don't leave up seven points on the board in this type of a game and win. It just feel, it feels like those are, you know, it was reminiscent of the opposite last year uh, where the Bengals got the big stop on fourth down yeah. right before halftime and it helped really propel them. And then the Chiefs came out in the second half and were making plays and, you know, Air Mahomes happens and all that stuff. And it, it felt like, if those plays were going to kill you, you know, you're stuck in the, you have the, the fourth down audible check on the, the, the jet sweep to Taylor and, and Carlos Dunlap breaks it and up. It's like, are we going to be talking about the Carlos Dunlap revenge, mm-hmm. you know? And, but all of those plays, particularly the ones made by chase 
you know, really, really helped turn the tide. And in one play, you know, they had a weird, they had an interesting formation early on the, it was the first touchdown that Burrow QB draw. They really had like a double, a tight double all the way out on Chase, who was soloed. It was kind of a double, but also attacking the flat because the Bengals like to run that slant flat with P. Ryan out and hit those checkdowns. I mean, how many of those have we seen P. Ryan score on lately? So they were trying to defend it that way, but it stretched the defender out there, worried about that. So Burrow saw it in completion on first down because the defender came up. Same formation, second down, Burrow calls the run up the middle because they're spread out and finds his way in. Attention to Chase opens it up. Everything, right? I mean, just like you're talking about, those types of plays are by virtue of his return, and it, it you know, not surprisingly made a massive difference. Let's talk a little bit about where we're at now um, with the AFC playoff picture. So the Bengals are 8-4, and four, tied with the Ravens, who... I mean, found some way to win 10 to 9 in a game that we I, – I, they hit the over on me. I thought it was going to be eight points total scored in that game. Uh, it was – and it ends up 10 to 9 with the touchdown at the very end uh, and the 63-yard field goal by Denver falls just short. Um, Lamar Jackson's out days to weeks was what Harbaugh said after the game. We'll see. I mean, even with, with – without – their offense has been a total train wreck. Their schedule is the only thing saving them at this point. Yeah. Both Bengals and Ravens are 8-4. and four. To keep pace with them is huge for the North. Continues to set up the potential of that deciding game. How many games can they win with Huntley? How many games can they win playing like this against anybody other than the Hackett-Wilson dumpster fire that is Denver? I don't know. Very similar to Carolina finding a way to win for them. I mean, it's just... You wonder if they're going to be able to get the ship righted. Meanwhile, the Bengals are here playing on such a high level. One game back of the Bills and the Chiefs. And now the the Chiefs' schedule, they may not – I don't know where Seattle's going to end up, but they may not end up playing a team with a winning record the rest of the way. So I don't see them losing many. They're going to be hard to chase down. But the way this team is playing, you certainly give them a shot. um, And you've got the tiebreaker. You get the Bills in your house to probably try to – you could get ahead of them. You're one game back. They come to your house. You win that game. You're ahead of them. It's not impossible. It's not it, – it's in play. They, they could finish with the, the second best record and still be the five seed because if they can't get over Baltimore – but you're right. I mean, you've already got the head-to-head on Kansas City. You've got a shot to get the head-to-head on, on Buffalo. They've got the head-to-head on Tennessee. If they can figure out a way – to get one game ahead of the Ravens, they are. That, that one seed is in play. And then you're talking about a playoff run where every single game is here at Paycor. And if not, I mean, they could go 12-5, 13-4. They, they have this amazing finish. And if they still can't get over that Ravens hump, if the Ravens can figure out ways to hold on to games, then you're talking about every single playoff game on the road. It is it is massive to to figure out a way to get ahead of that Baltimore team. And it does feel, even with that bad schedule, that they've got a loss or two coming. Yeah. I, it, I mean, you can't play like that no. and, and, and continue to survive. I mean, total skin of your teeth stuff um, where this look terrible. Uh, so Bengals in a great spot. Bottom line, Bengals in a great spot. Uh, 
plenty of time to play out Cleveland and Deshaun Watson, who looked like absolute garbage uh, <laughs> against the Texans today. They were saved by a cup by special teams and defense scoring yeah. three three touchdowns, I believe, for them in that game. But Watson didn't look good. Um, his teammates were left answering a bunch of questions about, oh, why is Watson so bad after the game? And he'll come in here playing this team right now. And um, but there's a lot of people that wouldn't mind putting a couple of hits on Deshaun Watson in that game. So, um, so here you go. The Bengals are here. They're where you wanted them to be on December 4th uh, in the mix, playing as good as anybody in football. Another win over the Chiefs. And they have so much confidence. You know, we talked this week about they got to play us that has sort of simmered and now exploded to the surface as the rally cry around here. Um, they're proving that. And that, that confidence is just so noticeable. It's so palpable. It makes such a difference. You know, I think just Jesse Bates told me after the game, he's like, you know, a lot of teams, they just wilt to the uniform of the Chiefs. And having to go toe-to-toe with that team and let it beat them is it's just not who we are or will ever be. We, we, that, there's just such a core belief in what they have and how they win games. All these things that we just kind of ticked off for you, it, it snowballs on itself. And that's how you make special runs. You saw it happen last year, and you're seeing it happen again this year. You want to talk about confidence? How about Lou Anarumo's dialing up blitz after blitz after blitz on Patrick Mahomes and got burned a couple times on it. But that's that that confidence, it's not just the players, it goes all the way to the coaching staff. That was they went out and attacked the Chiefs. They didn't just try to defend them and and hold on and win at the end. They really took it to them, jumped out to the lead early, which we hadn't seen in those two games last year. Um, totally kind of flipped the script from those two games. We talked about this uh, after the Steelers game, about how we were talking to Tyler Boyd, and he just said, we got Joe Burrow. Yeah. Well, after I got done talking with the night, I was just kind of joking with him about the ridiculousness of the third and 11. He said, you know what I say? <laughs> and he kind of looked at me and he yelled at, we got Joe Burrow. <laughs> they certainly do. Bengals win 27 to 24 at Paycor. We, of course, feel like you guys might want to talk. So let's talk. Tomorrow, live room is back. Lunchtime, noon, meet us on the app. Anyone can listen. Subscribers can ask questions. Or if you just want to open the line and just sort of yell a little bit because you're so happy, (laughs) uh, whatever it is, we're here to talk. So we're going to have the live room tomorrow at noon. Come check in with us there. And, of course, regular podcast on Tuesday and Thursday for Browns Week. Zach Jackson will come join us. Plenty happening uh, on that side of the state. So we have all of that coming your way and more. Make sure you're subscribed to The Athletic. Check out all of our work, all our stories that you're going to have from everything that was said in the locker room and happened on the field here tonight. And so much more as we hit this stretch run of the season. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. 
Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.